Right Report, a podcast from the Master Executive Council of JetBlue Alpha for the Union Pilots of JetBlue. Now from New York, Ride Report. Well, hello once again, fellow JetBlue Alpha pilots and podcast listeners. Welcome to Ride Report. I'm your host, J.R. Hall. You know, for us pilots, the process that we're going to get into here began February 1st, 2022, an official letter sent on behalf of our MEC by Alpha National President Joe DePete that JetBlue Alpha would like to enter into Section 6 CBA negotiations. But the work that went into that started long before and will, as we will hear today from our guests, continue forward for many, many months to come. Communications regarding the initial process of Section 6 CBA negotiations have gone out. And some who've been around this block a time or two know that these processes are just needed to set the table. But for those who are either new to the CBA process or would benefit from a refresher, we're going to dive into the work put in thus far from the MEC, Officers and Negotiations Committee. Spoke to communications just a second ago, and there are going to be quite a bit coming forward. And this is simply not to flood your inbox, quite the opposite in fact. It is to keep us, JetBlue Alpha pilots, informed from the podcast to our YouTube channel videos, P2P engagement, and a whole lot more. We will work to inform you, encourage dialogue with your LEC reps, and participate in surveys that will steer this process that we are embarking on now. So let's get into it. Joining us here on Ride Report, our MEC Chair, Captain Chris Kenny. Chris, how are you? Good, JR. Thank you. Negotiations Chair, Captain Reese Van. Reese, welcome back to Ride Report. How are you doing? Doing good. Thanks, JR. We got quite a bit to cover here today. Chris, I'll kick it over to you here first. The 180-day opener. It might have come as a shock to a, a vast majority of people. Might not have come as a shock to those who've been around. But give us a little bit of the the background. Why why now? What was the impetus to to get this set in motion on the first of February, twenty twenty two? Hey, Jared, that's a fair question. Um, I will agree that I think a lot of pilots were shocked by our email that came out on February first, advising that uh, we sent notice to the company to enter Section Six. Um, if we back up a little bit for the past couple of years, you know the MEC has been very busy with whether it was things regarding COVID. The pilots have been very busy with, you know, COVID-related issues, whether it's, you know, jobs or, or personal or safety or home, whatever it may be. And I think a lot of line pilots just kind of uh, kind of maybe forgot a little bit about Section 6 and how fast it kind of snuck up on us. But the MEC as a whole, we never lost track of it. Uh, during the past couple of years, a negotiating committee has been working very hard uh, with other airlines, with whether it's a contract comparison stuff or already looking over all of our CB improvement items that you know we've been submitted via PDR or through LEC meeting, MEC meeting, meetings, or through uh, the PDR system. But the MEC never lost touch of the amendable date in section 31 of our CBA. And so when we started approaching that date, um, you know, we started going to the MEC months before this, almost in the middle of last year and started talking about the, with the MEC, the voting reps of opening early, not opening early. The negotiating committee showed the MEC at the time where they were and, and how we're prepared if the MEC opted to go 100 days, 180 days early, that the, ME, the negotiating committee was ready to, to do that. So 
we never lost focus. We prepared always for an early opener in case the MEC decided to do that. And then it was the JFK and MEC meeting is when we talked about opening early and the MEC um, voted in fact that we did want to open early. So that's what drove JR. The, the February 1st date was a lot of discussion on the MEC over the last year. And then eventually the voting reps are the ones that voted to task us to open early. What are the very next steps that come? We, we make the announcement to the company that, that we're looking forward to entering in 180 days early as we're talking. What, what's the very next step? Is there some kind of outline that, that guides the, not just our side, but, but the company as well into moving forward in this process, the setting the table, if you will? I think what you're referring to, JR, is the protocol agreement. And we'll kick it over to Reese, I'm sure, in a little bit to discuss the protocol agreement. But in, in general, airlines sometimes reach a protocol agreement with the company and sometimes they do not. Um, as Reese will explain later, protocol agreement is not a negotiated LOA. It simply is something that we felt was important to go to the company and try to achieve a protocol agreement, which lays out the foundation of basically the administrative part of how the Section 6 is, is going to run on both sides of the table. During CBA 1, we never had a physical protocol agreement. There was kind of a few handshakes here and there regarding the protocol agreement, but there wasn't anything uh, hard written down. And when the negotiating committee and Alpha Legal met with the company last week to, or I'm sorry, two weeks ago to go to the protocol agreement, it was achieved within a day and a half. And I think that we got uh, good results out of the protocol agreement. Because if we look back to 2014, the very first CBA starting process, I mean, it was standing up the negotiating committee, it was electing status reps, MEC officers, building out just the crucial components. All of that was highly accelerated, right, Chris? Yeah, Jaron, that's a good point that I'll kind of take off a little bit on here that you are correct. We're in different times. And when CBA 1 started, you are correct. It was in Lauderdale. You know, we, we voted in ALPA. We were at Lauderdale NMEC meeting. We interviewed virtually the negotiators. The MEC picked three negotiators immediately we entered section six and we started running with that and going forward with it. And now the times have changed where we're able to slow down a little bit and actually prepare like we have been for two years for openers on the MEC. We're able to prepare a lot more versus last time it was kind of negotiating was kind of, I think, ahead of education and communication. And for this go around, one thing we're being really focused on is education first, then communication and negotiation. So. Uh, getting back to your original point earlier is that on CBA one, we had a vast majority of JetBlue pilots actually that never lived under a CBA. And now when we look where we are right now, the majority of pilots have actually worked under a collective bargaining agreement, whether it's at JetBlue or the first one or coming here as a new hire previously working under a CBA. But we're still going to take baby steps starting on on March one, which is you know for the protocol agreement as a first day to meet with the company. And we're going to take baby steps on education materials such as the RLA. A lot of pilots have heard of the RLA, but they really don't know what the RLA is and what it affords us as far as Section 6 rights go. The second thing is we're going to do things, you know, like via the brief, which is, you know, the automated video thing is that we're going to discuss the basic structure of an MEC. There's a lot of things out there that we've come to realize that a lot of pilots just need a refresher on how negotiations work, how the table's set up, who's in the meetings, and kind of how the process works. So we're looking forward to preparing and doing that starting March 1st and preparing first besides those negotiations. So to answer your question, it is extremely different than it was versus contract one. Reese, let's go to the protocol agreement and give us a little bit of the, the background on it. And my first question is, when it comes to the protocol agreement, 
is that something that is that is bargained with the company, or is this just simply a, a document, a, an outline, a, a framework, bullet points that that are passed across the company? Hey, thanks, Yari. Uh, yeah, uh, to answer your question, it is bargained with the company, but however, it's not necessary. So, uh, like Chris said earlier, uh, in in the first uh, CBA, uh, their protocol agreement was just kind of a verbal uh, agreement. Anything uh, from where negotiations would take place, you know, how often and things like that. This time around, uh, we felt with the company, the continuity on the company side. I believe there's only one person that will be there that was uh, that was there in CBA one, as well as we uh, believe there may be some turnover on their side. Sure, that it would just be uh, it would just be better for everybody involved if we just kind of uh, got everybody on the same page, had a written document you know, outlining how uh, the negotiating process will occur. And, uh, you know, the things like in the protocol agreement, uh, you know, we lay out the location, you know, who will pay for the locations, how many rooms we'll have, things like that, you know, lay out the sharing of information. Uh, You know, if there's anything that we need, uh, maybe that's confidential, you know, that the company will provide that to us as well as the access we, uh, we have through the CBA and MOU 20, as far as, uh, you know, running pairing builds, right? That kind of stuff, we wanted to make sure that everybody's on the same page. We will be using that for, uh, you know, trial runs and for our side and CBA negotiations. And uh, anything down to, uh, you know, how we'll be saving documents. When we pass a, uh, an electronic document to each other, you know, making sure that the uh, files are saved, you know, saved the same way, labeled the same way, uh, you know, when we print a document, here's how that'll be printed and numbered. Just trying to be as specific as possible so that uh, the first time we show up to negotiations, it can actually be a, uh, you know, productive, uh, efficient negotiating session instead of trying to get that kind of stuff ironed out. Included in that protocol agreement, are, are openers exchanged? Have openers been exchanged? Is that part of it, or is that something that's that's separate? And and by openers, those ideas that that we've amassed, that we've heard from JetBlue Alpha pilots, and and stuff that the company might as well. Is that within the same spectrum? No. So openers are not passed in uh, in the protocol agreement okay. negotiation. So uh, to add on what to uh, to what Chris was saying earlier, uh, kind of the the catalyst once you. Uh, serve, uh, you know, the intent to, uh, that you, you know, want to amend the agreement, uh, either side, uh, the RLA then governs kind of the, uh, first, the first little bit of the timeline. So within 10 days, uh, we have to set our first negotiating session date and that date has to be within 30 days of the, uh, of the, uh, notice sent. So, uh, what we did was we used that 10 days, uh, to come in, uh, negotiate a protocol agreement, set our first uh, negotiation uh, date, uh, as well as, you know, lay out how negotiations, uh, you know, will proceed and uh, like the things that I covered earlier to make sure that it's, uh, you know, everybody's on the same page going mm-hmm. in. But as far as uh, openers, um, you know, like, uh, like we said earlier, uh, we've been preparing for the last two years as if we were going to open uh, 180 days earlier. I've we wanted to be, uh, you know, over-prepared. We could always delay it, but uh, we didn't want to get behind uh, in our timeline. So in the background with all the other various MOUs and LOAs we've been working on, uh, we've still been preparing as if we were going to open 
uh, you know, 180 days early. And uh, as we, you know, assessed it, the MEC saw fit to do so. So uh, we've been doing that lately. And so we have our, uh, you know, our sections that the MEC wants to uh, open. And so we'll present those as we go. Uh, you know, they could be different from what the company uh, wants to open. And so, you know, as we go along, uh, each side will present to each other their, uh, you know, their proposals for the sections that they want to open and, and amend. I want to talk on the team because clearly everything that you have just discussed is an enormous amount of work, especially in, the, in looking back the last two years. Um, but before that, as far as the openers in the protocol agreement, are these going to be available for pilots to, to view? Are they going to be available on the ALPA website? Or is this stuff that is uh, still kind of held close within the negotiations process? So the protocol agreement is uh, available. I believe we put that out in the last Friday update with a link to the protocol agreement for anybody that uh, cares to look at that. As far as the opening proposals and uh, you know bargaining in public, if you will, uh, I don't think that serves either side, uh, you know, any benefit to be uh, to be doing that. So, uh, the the MEC per the uh, policy manual will see the sections as we TA them. But as far as uh, as far as the initial proposals or passes that go back and forth, that is something that we keep confidential. To the team aspect for negotiations committee, then everybody else that you're going to be working with during this section six process, reintroduce, if you will, the the group that you're working with and and who else is coming in to support to make up your roster as we move forward within section six. Sure. So uh, from our side is the uh, you know the three member negotiating committee. So that's uh, me, uh, Tommy Young, and Jeff Harbison. And then we'll have uh, Matthew Babcock, who's our uh, uh, labor relations counsel, and uh, we'll have uh, Art Luby, who is uh, the Alpa National uh, professional negotiator uh, that will be assigned to us, uh, as well as uh, we'll have a SME for, uh, you know, usually for the section that we're negotiating. That'll be our main core, and then uh, eventually we'll have a uh, pilot note taker there with us. Uh, to be somewhat of the liaison between the uh, grievance committee and the negotiating committee, uh, as well as we usually have a uh, paralegal there also taking notes uh, through the negotiation process. And you mentioned grievance, thinking of other committees that may be important at certain times during the process. Do you also have a, a conduit to reach out or, or have those committees input? Yeah. So what we did over the last two years as we were preparing, we, uh, we uh, sat down, uh, the committee sat down with the chairman and vice chairman of each committee and just, you know, talked about uh, various things, uh, what they would like to see change, you know, in the CBA and uh, kind of what's working or not working. And uh, just went through, uh, you know, each, each committee and kind of the sections that uh, relate to their committee and uh, just kind of got a uh, wish list, if you will. And so as we go through and are drafting our proposals, we, we take their input, we take the pilot input that we get from uh, the PDR system and uh, and then, of course, from the MEC uh, as we go in and draft our proposals. And I'm glad you brought that up. As far as the internal communication between you guys in negotiation and the, and the other committees within JetBlue Alpha, but the external communication from the pilot group, items that we're going to see as far as surveys, for a good example, 
could we conceptualize those as questions from the negotiating committee to the pilot group as to where where do we go? What should we do? Is that a good way to think about those surveys as they start to come out? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the the surveys and the and the you know pilot engagement is absolutely critical uh, as we go into these negotiations. You know, we use those pilot surveys to uh, kind of get a uh, priority uh, list, if you will, and uh, so that way we know what the pilot group values, what they don't value, uh, what they'd like to see change. You know, their expectations and uh, going into CBA too. And so uh, we obviously present that to the MEC and uh, as we're preparing our uh, goals and, and, you know, for the next CBA, uh, all of that is taken into consideration as well as like you're saying, the, uh, the PDRs are a great tool for us. Uh, we go through and log each PDR into a spreadsheet uh, and make sure that we review each of those. Um, you know, the, the three of us are in there. We're obviously not, uh, Uh, all knowing. So it's great to hear. There's sometimes some great ideas that come out of the PDRs we get, uh, you know, as we're uh, maybe sitting trying to resolve a problem that we run into as we're building a proposal. They're they're a great source of of information we've found. When it comes to those PDRs and everything else, all the information that you get from pilots, some may feel like they could in some way, shape, or form influence a table position or or impress upon th- that their opinion is absolutely the way that this should go. And it might water down the true intent of, of that person's opinion or that person's suggestion. Is it better to remove the emotion from it when they're passing along information, a pilot to you guys within the negotiation committee, when they're when they're responding to survey questions, just the, the honesty is probably better instead of trying to feel like you're going to maneuver in answering a question. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as uh, when I was doing grievance work too, right? Uh, you just have to stick to the facts. Uh, it, it's hard for the company or anybody in a you know in any kind of uh, negotiation or uh, debate for that matter uh, to dispute facts, right? And so. Uh, when we go in there, we go in with facts, we state our position, and we use facts to back those up. And we try to uh, we try to remove that if the pilot doesn't. But yeah, definitely, definitely as factual, you know, as you can be. You know, another thing to keep in mind, right, is uh, when you fill out a PDR or feel like you have a uh, a great idea as as you see it. You know that this is a CBA for forty three hundred pilots, right, and so. You know, sometimes somebody thinks they have a great idea or something would be great for them. But uh, we have to keep in mind that, you know, we're, we are negotiating for the pilot group in a, as a whole. Chris, a question for you. When it comes to engagement, what are some other ways that pilots can continue to provide beneficial information, good feedback that they're experiencing in real time outside of any, any kind of survey process? Sure, Jared. Basically, what we want to do with all the pilots are to make sure they stay educated, number one, on, on the facts. And, and those are resources that come from the union. Then reach out to reps. We've already talked about the PDR, getting involved in LEC meetings and being involved when we start doing road shows or if we do all calls or whatever we do as we move forward with that. And those are where we need to make sure that we have pilots getting involved in it. You know, Reese made the point that we negotiate a contract for all 4,300 pilots on property. And that that's absolutely uh, correct. You know, everybody wants their own individual contract and, you know, getting back to your point where people get emotion on their one, their one particular thing. 
the there, there's always a lot of nuances regarding you know maybe one particular thing but in a whole that's driven by survey data and getting involved that's what allows us to give the negotiating committee the you know the the, the power and the background to go negotiate a contract if you look at the first survey data that the negotiating committee put out you know last year that was the first of many surveys that was a 30,000 foot survey of basically hey which kind of direction does does the membership want to go with a, uh, a contract and kind of a, a wide variety of range of what the membership wants. And that gave us enough direction on the MEC to uh, go through and get the goals set for phases one and two. So for the policy manual, the negotiators have to come in and get a goals approved by the MEC um, before they can enter negotiations. As we move forward into other sections of the contract, as we start getting into the, you know, the sections and the items that are more uh, costly and usually get a little more contentious with the company, um, you're going to see more surveys come from the negotiating committee. Because by that time now, we're starting to dig in and we need to know exactly what pilots value and we need to know what the negotiating committee has to focus on and not. And so you're going to see a lot of that going forward. But bottom line, just like we did CBA 1, is that the, the pilot engagement and unity regarding section six, we've got to have that. We've got to have the pilots engaged and we're going to try things, whether it's emails, whether it's videos, whether it's podcasts, like we're doing here, the brief road shows, all calls, coffee talks with SPSC committee, uh, P2P committee spreading messages. There's a wide variety of things, GR, that we're going to use going forward through section six. Well, March 1st, 2022 is going to be the first opportunity for us to sit down with the company and enter into Section 6 CBA negotiations. And Reese, Chris, I know that you're going to join us a lot more here on the podcast and give us a breakdown, a diagnosis. Maybe not every time, but more often than not, this is going to be a great resource for people to come in and get a little bit more of the background and backstory from what we will be reading going forward. As we close out here on Ride Report, Chris, any last minute thoughts for you? No, I just appreciate the time, JR. Thanks. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Please stay involved, whether it's the the emails. I know a lot of people don't like to read that much anymore, but try to read the emails, um, get the facts, reach out to the, the pilots with the red badge backers that say P2P. They're fully engaged. Our SPSC committee's engaged. All our MEC meetings, JR, as you know, we're holding pub events tied to each one of them. Uh, they've all been uh, great in attendance. The last one in Orlando had over 70 people, including a bus. We brought new hires in from OSC. So the engagement's there for the pilots. I think that there is, you know, rightfully so, a lot of still frustration over the past couple of years with COVID and everything else. And as we move forward to Section 6, we're in a new chapter. I think the MEC right now is we're set, we're prepared, um, both the negotiating committee and the voting members of the MEC. Uh, we're prepared to move forward. And we're going to do it with our uh, membership again. And we're going to achieve a, a contract that is beneficial to all JetBlue pilots. Thanks, JR. Reese. No, just to touch on what uh, Chris was saying, uh, I, I appreciate you having uh, having us here today. You know, as, uh, as we talked about earlier, when, as we go through this process, we're not allowed to share a lot of information. And so with that, there's a lot of speculation and, and rumors that you hear. And so... Uh, you know, I just want to remind everybody that when you're getting your information, make sure you're getting it from a uh, source you can trust from your union. And uh, and I appreciate you uh, giving us a platform uh, so that we can 
you know, we can share uh, the information um, factually. We're going to do a lot of talking here for a, for an awful long time, Reese. <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. Chris Kenny, MEC Chair, Reese Van Negotiations Committee Chairman. Guys, thank you again. And for you, the JetBlue Alpha Pilot, again, your engagement is 100% required as we go through every day in this process. If there's anything that we missed here today on Ride Report, shoot us over a PDR and let us know so we can go and get it for you, bring it up on the next episode. But once again, thanks for joining us here, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of Ride Report. Ride Report, a podcast from the Master Executive Council of JetBlue Alpa for the union pilots of JetBlue.